Happy Sabbath. It's such a privilege to be here with you. I'd like to thank the uh, AMEN organization, uh, Dr. John Chung, uh, my college friend, and, and Dr. Mills. And he told me that I'm the last speaker, so uh, I don't have any time constraints. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight, um, I'm so touched to be here, and uh, just being here for the last 24 hours, I've heard so many stories about God, how God has led all of you in your lives. So what I'm going to share tonight is about how God has led my life from birth. And <clears throat> he has brought me to serve in a capacity that I never dreamed of as a child and he continues to lead me. I feel like I'm just walking through life, um, not knowing the future, but I can be safe and secure knowing that there is someone that's much greater than me, uh, the creator of the universe that's leading me throughout this time. Now, I was born in Youngberg Memorial Hospital, and I met a couple um, outside one of the attendant booth, uh, uh, Elder, Mil uh, Elder Youngberg, and his wife. And this hospital was named in honor of uh, his uncle. And this hospital is set, was set up um, some 60, 70 years ago in, in Singapore. It is a Seventh-day Adventist mission hospital, and it flourished really well in the 50s uh, because um, Singapore was just a small colony at the time. There were a lot of medical missionaries there. So I was born in this hospital, and um, <clears throat> I can consider myself a third-generation uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Missionaries started to arrive in Singapore in the early 1900s. Uh, my home church is the Chinese SDA church uh, in Thompson Road, which was uh, started in 1957. And they just celebrated their 50th anniversary uh, about two years ago. My grandparents were poor immigrants who immigrated from China to Malaysia and subsequently to Singapore. My grandparents took my father and his five other siblings um, to look for a place to rent at the time in Singapore. They were fortunate to find a kind elderly gentleman who happens to be a recently converted Adventist who attended this church. He happened to have an extra room for my father's family. And so my father and his, my grandfather and his wife and the children move in to this small apartment. At that time, Pastor Jerry Chang, this pastor here, he was the pioneer pastor of the church, um, and he was very active in the uh, uh, outreach program of the church. So he would visit this newly converted member and naturally brought the uh, message of the Adventist church to my family. And my mother uh, was dating my father at the time, and she was offered a job at the uh, Sanyu Chinese Secondary School. She thought that she was going to just work there for a short period of time, but 
she ended up teaching there for 25 years, the next 25 years. Through the untiring efforts of this pastor and his church members, my whole family was converted and a salvation was brought to my family. Uh, this picture was taken two years ago, so this pastor is retired, but he still looks very young. Um, my mother had to learn the Adventist lifestyle like every new convert. She has to give up pork, shrimp, crab, oyster, and all the unclean food that is commonly found in the Chinese diet. She has to go against uh, her family's tradition of ancestor worship, idol worship, and she has to start keeping the Sabbath. My mother is a very good cook. Over the years, she has trained my taste buds to be uh, very sensitive to good food. <laughs> and uh, she prepared a lot of delicious uh, food uh, for us when I was growing up. Uh, since we couldn't eat all the unclean animals, she made sure we had all the clean, clean meat that was available. And she uh, gave me my name, Daniel, from the Old Testament, and also gave me a Chinese name, named after a famous Chinese physician. She was hopeful that I would one day be a doctor. However, when I was growing up, that was the last thing on my mind. I did not want to be a doctor. Although my mother taught in an SDA school, she sent me to a Catholic Chinese school because she believed that the educational standards were higher in that school. I learned Chinese, the Chinese language there as my first language. And my mother kept uh, the Sabbath and taught me how to keep the Sabbath also. She made sure that um, I would not attend any classes or any exams, although I was in a Catholic school. She would bring my pastor to the school if there were any conflicts in schedule. Not knowingly that by doing so, um, my faith was tested from a very, very young age. I came to realize that I was different from the people that was growing up from me. For example, I was invited to my neighbor's house for, for a meal, and they had served fish. And I find myself asking them, is there any scales on your fish by any chance? <laughs> I was trained from young to, to believe that this church that I attend is the one true church of God, the remnant church. And in Singapore, we're exposed to many different kinds of religion, including um, Buddhism, Taoism, Muslims, uh, Hinduism, uh, Catholicism, and other, many other Chinese, um, Sunday Christians, I mean. So I felt very fortunate that I was born into a family that believed in the true, true God who made the world. And I, I often wonder, I always have this doubt at the back of my mind, was I that fortunate uh, to be chosen, to be born into a family that believed in a true God? School was really difficult when I was growing up uh, in Singapore as some of you may have been to Singapore, it is, it's an authoritarian uh, type of a government. Um, we have a form of uh, democracy, uh, a little different from this country, but we're not communists. In fact, we're, Singapore is very anti-communist in the 60s and 70s, 70s. My faith continued to grow as a result of experiencing God uh, in my prayers, and also through learning about God in Sabbath school. 
Throughout my childhood years, certain behaviors were strongly indoctrinated into my mind. Keeping the Sabbath and not eating unclean meat was among the top of the list. And then my parents sent me to Pacific Union College when I turned 16. Um, at this time, uh, it, it was a really refreshing experience. You see that I was in a British system before, and um, I did well in every subject, all the science subjects, except the English language. Um, in fact, I failed my English language in my uh, O-level examinations. Because I was going to a Chinese school earlier, and I just couldn't read those literature books very well. So if I would have remained in Singapore, I would have to take a lot of classes to uh, uh, remedial classes so I could go on. But fortunately, I was able to be accepted to PUC. And God helped me to clear that one hurdle that I did not have to uh, take remedial classes. So instead, I came over here to learn American English, which is much easier. <laughs> um, in this place, I continued to experience God. And, um, and the most wonderful thing happened to me very soon after arriving at uh, this church, because I met my, my wife now, who is here with me tonight in um, PUC. And um, we, we had a wonderful experience there. And uh, we also had a Chinese club that uh, frequently uh, visited the uh, Chinese church in San Francisco. And we often go down to this uh, church there and I learn how the pastor was uh, serving his community. And to my surprise, the pastor who was pastoring this church is Pastor Jerry Chang. And I have not met him before because when he converted my family, that was when, you know, before I was born. And then he since left and came to the States and now he's the pastor there. So I had many opportunities to brush up and continue to further my Chinese language ability by translating for him. Because Chinese churches in America has to be bilingual, because we have to cater to the younger generation who doesn't speak much Chinese and the older generation who only speaks Chinese. So services were uh, in, in a bilingual format. So in those days, I was trained uh, to, to translate in an instant and continues to brush up my Chinese, especially biblical Chinese, which I later found to be very useful. And um, throughout this uh, time in PUC, I really did not like the idea of becoming a doctor, but my mother was the more dominant parent and she kept insisting, as many Asians parents do to their children. And it is, at this time, I met uh, um, John, uh, Mark is also here, Wahashi, and many other friends. And what I found interesting was that almost everyone were a pre-med or pre-dent at the time in their freshman year. So peer pressure was uh, pretty strong to, to, uh, uh, to become a pre-med as well. But I, I like what my father did. He was a real estate developer. I always wanted to be like my father. Uh, but uh, my mother kept uh, pestering me. So um, at the end, I graduated with a business degree 
and uh, with the pre-med, and I was fortunate to be accepted to a uh, medical school in Loma Linda as well. So at this time, after this time, my life was a smooth sail. I was young, I was 20 years old. I graduated from college, bound for medical school, and had a girlfriend that's uh, very steady for four years. And it was at this time, the biggest trial was upon, of my life was about to come upon me. Um, you see, as a Singaporean, we are obligated to serve in the national military service for two and a half years. I have deferred this obligation for the time when I was in college in PUC. But now it is time for me to return to Singapore, uh, to depart from this beautiful place called Angwin, back to Singapore, uh, the Singapore military. I would compare the experience like falling uh, from heaven into hell. <laughs> Descent into hell written by Charles Williams, who described that process. See, I was uh, thrown in boot camp um, right away. And in the military, they use humiliation, intimidation, coercion, and other near torture techniques to obtain absolute obedience. It was like a brainwashing experience for me. It was here that I, claim, uh, I came closest to experiencing persecution in my life. And on top of that, I entered the military with a SDA status. What does it mean? See, our government claimed that they provide religious freedom to our citizens to a certain extent. And since this military is forced upon its citizens, so they were lenient enough to allow certain groups of religions, believers, to have certain privileges uh, if we could be certified a true SDA. To be certified a true SDA, your pastor has to write a letter stating that your parents pay tithe, you don't dance, you don't smoke, you don't watch movies, and uh, you don't eat certain meat, and go on and on. They have a whole list. I don't know where they got the list, but uh, <laughs> my pastor was able to certify that I was a good SDA in good standing. So I was allowed to be excused from working on the Sabbath. And I was also allowed to be excused from carrying a real weapon. So I carried, carried a wooden rifle. So obviously, I was a laughing stock <laughs> throughout this whole time. And I had to defend my faith uh, through this humiliation. And they were hard. And, but this whole experience taught me uh, to, to rely on God. If you want to see a clearer picture of me, that person in the top row, uh, number five, <laughs> that's me. Um, my last bit of pride was completely erased as I look into the mirror to see my haircut. Uh, that was uh, a totally humiliating experience. Before this military experience, I was hesitant about going to medical school, even though I was accepted. But I found that in the military, there was a special ruling uh, to encourage uh, the training of uh, physicians in the country. So that they, they said that if any of the um, servicemen who are accepted to medical school could defer the remaining year and a half of service until they finish medical school. So I jumped at that opportunity and went to medical school. 
at that time, um, Psalm 23 came to mind all the time because I felt like I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death and I prayed to God to, to, to um, protect me all the time. And also recall John 14, I wanted Jesus to come and pick me home right away. Um, until I got the opportunity to go to Loma Linda and uh, that changed. So back to Loma Linda, I was so refreshed to breathe this air of freedom, true freedom, true democracy. Uh, but four weeks into medical school, I was regretting that decision. <laughs> I was drowning in anatomy, histology, and worst of all, embryology. It was sure torture again. I thought the army was bad. But this was like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. So I had to pray again. Say, God, help me. Help me, help me. And uh, you've brought me this far. I can't quit now. Otherwise, I'm going to go back to the military. So I was stuck, and I have to go on. Um, but the Lord was good. He brought me through, and I was able to graduate. I survived. But after we finished uh, medical school, then it was time to go back to the military again, but this was only for a year and a half. And it would be much easier, I thought, because I would be a doctor now, and I would be a captain, and I would be walking around, bossing other people around. Uh, but it didn't happen that way. Um, before I went back uh, to the military, um, I was fortunate that um, I proposed and uh, my wife decided to uh, agree to marry me. And I was able to convince her father, who is, uh, a, uh, he's sort of an atheist, but he's, he's, he has a Buddhist background and ancestral worship. And he was initially against our, uh, our marriage, but uh, since I was a doctor, uh, he said it was okay. And he was willing to participate in our wedding, and we were very grateful. And over the years, um, I was able to continue to provide free medical advice for him. Now he's thinking I'm more valuable than he thought. And <laughs> to uh, give counsels to uh, his other daughters, my sister-in-laws. Um, it is important how God leads us. And uh, my wife um, also became an Adventist during this time, baptized uh, into the church. And so as we return um, home um, to Singapore, um, I discovered that uh, my beloved grandmother uh, was very, very ill at this time. My grandmother also influenced my life a lot because uh, she has such a strong and simple faith. And she's one of the kindest and loving person that I knew. And she looked forward to the Sabbath every day. Right before she died, she told my father to not uh, cover her entire grave stone with marble. She told my father to make sure there was a hole in the middle because when Jesus come, she wants to get out of there. <laughs> and she was so sure that she was gonna get out of there. And uh, she also asked my father to have uh, three little angels right next to it. Um, I was very touched with her faith and uh, was, uh, uh, was, was, was blessed 
by, by this, and I remembered her. So um, then I went back uh, to the military for my remaining year and a half. Uh, and to my surprise, because I, I'm still in SDA, and they said, since you still don't want to bury, carry a weapon and you don't want to work on Sabbath, we're not going to promote you to a captain. Uh, you're going to just stay as a, as a corporal, and you're going to be a medic uh, in the military. And initially, I was just totally devastated. And, and, but I took a stand. I took a stand to follow after God's law um, rather than man's law. And later I found out that um, the, the, the military officer who made that decision was also a Christian, uh, but he did not believe in the Sabbath. He was trying to test to see if I would stick to what I believed. And after I did, um, he was kind of sorry because everybody else was promoted to a captain, and I was the only MD in the uh, whole single military that was not a captain. Um, but later on, he, he uh, recruited me into the, the medical headquarters to be a researcher, and uh, I was able to um, help in medical research uh, in, in the single military. I did two research studies and published two papers on uh, the control trial of a cyclovir in the treatment of chickenpox among servicemen. And the other was the effect of exercise, or actually boot camp, on the metabolism of obese recruits. <laughs> and that earned me some uh, 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 credentials later on to getting into a good residency program. So, but through this experience, the other doctors who are Christians were very interested in, in, in what I did, what I chose to do. And they were interested about my beliefs about the Sabbath and the Levitical classification of clean and unclean animals. So I was able to give away uh, many copies of these Ive Ages and a great controversy to many of my Christian doctor friends in the military. Being an SDA it is, from birth, it is kind of difficult to pinpoint a specific moment uh, as my conversion experience that I hear so often in other people who are not SDA by birth. I always have been always fascinated with the many mission stories of other people's conversion experience. If I had to name my born-again experience, it was during this time. My wife and I, we attended a Bible camp meeting in Malaysia uh, was organized by uh, uh, Dr. Colin and Russell Standish. They presented the three angels' message in such a powerful way for the very first time uh, in my life that I understood the 2300 days prophecy and the meaning of becoming a remnant people of God. Uh, it was this excitement uh, coupled with a little bit of uh, um, adversity and humiliation, humiliation that I was facing in the military that I solidify my faith in Jesus. I was so touched with this newfound truth uh, in Daniel 8, 14, um, how the angel Gabriel came to inspire Daniel that I named my son Gabriel. Um, and after this 18 months of service has passed, um, I, I called uh, Dr. Slater at uh, Loma Linda University Radiation Oncology Department because I have applied to uh, a residency position in radiation oncology. And he told me that I was ranked number three on their 
list of two candidates for the incoming residency training program. I prayed to God before I called him and asked God to, to show me where I need to go at, from this point. And if it, this was not the right place for me, he would close the door. Sure enough, God's very good at closing doors. And he closed this one good. And he says that usually there are not too many people that apply for this, this residency uh, because it's such uh, obscure, you know, physics-minded. But um, that year, for some reason, he had so many graduates from Harvard, Stanford, that, that uh, he took a Harvard graduate over one of his own uh, Loma Linda graduate. He was sort of apologetic. But uh, I, I thought it probably had something to do with that new proton accelerator that he had. So anyway, I was fortunate uh, to, to call Dr. Larry Liu, um, our program director in the internal medicine department. He was very gracious and willing to take me back uh, to the internal medicine department uh, to allow me to finish my PGY2 and PGY3 I know that they always do need internists. Um, so the day came uh, for me to leave the uh, military. It's called the ROD date, which stands for run out date. I was elated, and I felt that I never have to do this again. Um, I felt so good that I went on a tour with my parents to China for the very first time in my life, I was immediately impressed with the vast number of people um, and the sights of the interesting mix of ancient relics and strange communist propaganda all over the place. I, it is as if a part of it is so familiar to my culture growing up in Singapore, uh, being a Chinese in heritage, yet another part of it um, is so foreign, the communism. Uh, atheistic part. Uh, the sight of the people uh, really touched my heart because I've never seen so many Chinese people in my life, although I'm a Chinese. Uh, it, it is as if that I have, it, it is a, like a lost child that has finally returned home and found his roots. I was tempted to kiss the ground when I went to Tiananmen Square, uh, but I couldn't do that because it was too dirty. Um, <laughs> Then I was taken to the beautiful city of Hangzhou, uh, which has been compared to heaven on earth by Chinese poets for centuries. And here is the newly built state-of-the-art Sir Run Run Shaw Hospital. And this was going to be a project uh, of Loma Linda University and the World Church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I later learned that the SDA church has finally returned to China in a semi-official capacity after an absence of 45 years since the communists, quote-unquote, liberated China and sent all our missionaries packing to other parts of Taiwan, Hong Kong, Macau, and Southeast Asia. Those missionaries who remain in China included Pastor David Lin, who was persecuted and sent to labor camp for many, many years. I was immediately fascinated by the prospect of one day being able to uh, serve the Chinese people right here um, in an institution uh, run by uh, the Adventist Church. 
I also learned that prior to 1949, our church had a vibrant mission, including schools, churches, and 18 sanitarians in different parts of China. The most uh, remembered missionary physician uh, was uh, Dr. Harry Miller, known as the China Doctor. You see, back in those days, in the early 1900s, Dr. Miller and his wife has to travel by an ocean liner across um, the uh, Pacific Ocean to China. And after he got there, he was so sick and nauseated, he was dizzy for several weeks. And you could read more about his story in the book uh, called The China Doctor. And I look at it. I look at the story and it says, could I, a Singaporean Chinese, a third generation Adventist, be a missionary physician too? And, and that was the first time this thought came to my mind. I believe the Lord has planted this idea in my mind at this time. But I had two more years of residency to complete. Um, so I returned to Loma Linda and finished those two years of residency. At that time, they have not passed the anti-slavery laws uh, by Congress. So residents still have to work 80, 90 hours, sometimes on call, every fourth day, 36-hour shifts. So after two years, I was very disillusioned, overworked, and felt really tired. And I sort of forgot about my dream about a missionary physician. I was offered a job at uh, HMO Group in Riverside which I would, see, I, I, I would see 30 patients a day uh, for, for a decent salary. It didn't sound very appealing to me for some reason. I was fortunate that I only had a very small tuition loan to pay back thanks to my parents, my father. Um, and I heard that Youngberg Memorial Hospital in Singapore at this time was looking for physicians. And this hospital has been um, uh, smaller, has become, become smaller and smaller over the years because of the lack of a continuous supply of missionary physicians. And the rest of Singapore has developed um, in tremendous ways over the last 30, 40 years. And the medical standards in Singapore is so advanced that this little missionary hospital was not going to survive anymore. But I thought I would give it a try. Besides, I could go back home to be with my parents and they could help take care of my children. And that was the main uh, attraction for me. But um, at this time, the project in Run Run Chow Hospital was beginning to take place. And the faculty in the internal medicine department at Loma Linda was invited to help start the uh, uh, training of residents in China. Some of my attendings uh, were in China for two weeks to four weeks at a time. They would come back with these exciting stories they said that, oh, if you could stand the cold shower, you'll be okay. And you know, students there, residents there, are really eager to learn. Um, so it was a really good ex uh, ex experience for them. So I told my wife that uh, on our way to Singapore, maybe we could stop by China uh, for three months uh, just to get a taste of how it is to be in China. Now, my wife has not been to China before. Uh, although she was born in Hong Kong. Ch Hong Kong wasn't part of China uh, yet at that time. Here in Sir Ran Ran Cha Hospital, I found Dr. Gordon Hadley, the former dean of medical school at Loma Linda University. He 
was the, made the president of a Chinese hospital, and he did not speak a word of Chinese. In fact, he was a dean who accepted me into medical school in 1986, but I've not really met him until now because he left immediately when we started school. He was about 78, and he looked vibrant, young, and exemplified uh, what, in my mind, an Adventist missionary physician should be. He never compromised on his beliefs. He made them known to the, his Chinese counterparts uh, who were communists. Um, he was kind, he was gentle, and it was very practical. Um, the Run Run Shaw Hospital concept uh, started when a Hong Kong philanthropist by the name of Mr. Shaw, his name is Run Run, um, he wanted to establish a first-class hospital in the, his native land of China. And he wanted uh, the Adventists to run it. The reason he wanted the Adventists to run it is because he has um, his, he, his family, perhaps his mother, has been treated many, many years ago by our pioneer uh, missionary, Dr. Harry Miller. And so all these things are beginning to, to come to my mind at this time. So the church initially was a little hesitant, but this was the one opportunity that the church could officially be in China because the communist government did not allow us to organize um, any church. And they are going to build a um, world-class uh, tertiary hospital in conjunction with the local medical school, the Zhejiang University, together with uh, Loma Linda University. And Loma Linda University will have five years of administrative uh, powers to, to send uh, doctors to organize the hospital, uh, supposedly to have the power to hire and to fire. But later on, we found out that we, have the, we do not have that power. In the, and the, the Chinese uh, had this very um, uh, archaic uh, form of uh, employment Basically, everybody is employed and nobody could be fired. This is the so-called the iron rice bowl uh, concept. So it was hard, hard uh, for Dr. Halley, who did not speak um, any uh, Chinese at all. It was during these three months that my whole life changed. I immediately uh, got involved in many aspects of the hospital. And I quickly discovered why I wasn't allowed to be a radiation oncologist, and instead I was an internist. And because there was um, eight subdivisions of um, internal medicine there, and there was many residents, 60 or so residents um, in the hospital. Um, and I taught the residents, and I treated um, many patients. I sat on committees and I served as translator for the American team of physicians and nurses. Uh, together, we were able to build up the hospital's re reputation as a clean uh, and oriented place for care. Um, I then recalled um, in my early days in, in, in medical school that uh, sometimes I was bored. Uh, I went to the library, and I read about the history of Loma Linda and how it, all was start, how it all started. And what Ellen White said 
Loma Linda is to be not only a sanitarium, but an educational center. With the possession of this place comes the weighty responsibility of making the work of the institution educational in character. A school is to be established here for the training of gospel medical missionary evangelists. Much is involved in this work, and it is very essential that a right beginning be made. So I'm beginning to recall um, these things that I've learned, and I suddenly felt a sense, a strong sense that this is it. This is God's calling me to be here. And I look back into my life, all this time, without me knowing, the Lord has prepared me uh, to be able to speak the Chinese language, to train to be a doctor, uh, to be an internist, to, to be right here. Um, and, and in addition, um, he would require our entire family uh, to surrender to him, to, to be here together. Because um, you know, when man wants to do something, he, he, he can't, sometimes, many times, he can't do it unless his wife uh, was willing as well. But uh, uh, Selena was not as convinced as I was. Um, I was trying to convince her. I said, this is it. This is what God has called us to do. But he, she said, what about our children? They're so young. And what about this going back to Singapore and having our parents taking care of the children and, and, and having all this help? And, and now we have exchanged the comfort of Loma Linda um, um, you know, for, for, for this. How are we going to survive? We're totally unprepared uh, to be here. Um, but um, God, God is good. Uh, God continued to work on us. And uh, I came to a point that I had to tell my wife, I said, um, I can't go to this place by myself. You have to be convinced that God has called both of us to be here uh, before we can go together. And I promised that I would not bug her for the next one month uh, about going to China, uh, staying in China for, for longer. Uh, but I, I did not keep the promise very well because I was so excited. I was just bugging her day and night. And uh, finally, uh, she had to pray uh, a prayer of uh, submission. Uh, and uh, um, she felt that uh, she could no longer uh, pray to God um, in, in a peaceful way uh, if she didn't accept this, this, this calling. So we spent the next uh, three and a half uh, years in uh, Run Run Cha Hospital, and it turned out to be the most exciting part of our life. And uh, I was made acting chief of internal medicine uh, right away, and there were many ex ego exciting uh, residents. Since I became the permanent uh, internal medicine representative, the uh, attendings uh, and the faculty in Loma Linda felt wish we didn't have to go to China anymore. Daniel Chu is there. So they would occasionally uh, give me a call and uh, come and write me a few letters. Uh, but I, I was basically there for the whole time, except for Dr. Rosenquist uh, who was in this picture. He was a retired endocrinologist, and he would come uh, several months a year uh, to help us. And it was a fantastic experience uh, that we had. We had to work with. Uh, the uh, local um, the church doctors. And some of the duties I had to do was 
to conduct morning conferences around in the hospital, attend meetings, establish uh, infection control, uh, restricting the overuse of antibiotics, standardize the IV room, TPM preparation, chemo preparation, and teach English uh, medical terminology. And the most exciting thing I did was uh, to conduct five-day plan to stop smoking uh, because of this gentleman, Dr. McFarlane, who, who started the five-day plan. Uh, and I discovered that when I was there. He came over to China, and together we conducted several sessions. And today, uh, five-day plan stop smoking is, is a uh, public outreach program of, of the hospital there uh, in China. And the children uh, were allowed to uh, put up plays because we are not allowed to openly proselytize in communist China. So we thought of these little schemes for the children to dress up uh, during Christmas time uh, to play um, the nativity scene and, and attracted many interesting, uh, interested Chinese physicians and nurses to come and watch and some of the children also participated. And so since uh, Western influence was beginning to take hold in China and they allow us to um, uh, perform skits like that and through that we passed on a message uh, of Jesus Christ uh, to them. And there is a three-self church very close by. In China, the government allow uh, religion in a very restricted way. Christians can practice their religious belief only in designated churches, and this is one of them. And it is a jointly shared church between all the Christian denominations. So the Adventists are considered one of the denomination of Christianity. The only odd thing is that the Adventists worship on, the sa on Sabbath, and on Sunday, they would have like five or six times more uh, believers. Um, for some reason, that church, uh, the, the, our pastor and the Sunday church pastor didn't get along very well. So on Sabbath, uh, they would keep the main gate closed uh, just to prevent passerbys from accidentally uh, going to the church on the wrong day of church. So we had to walk um, on the side, uh, side door, and it says, uh, welcome, we are worshiping now, please go by the side door, um, which was fine. Um, we, we, we had this little persecutory complex there. We kind of felt that uh, the Adventists are uh, being persecuted, not only by the communists, but also by the, uh, the Sunday church Christians. Um, but the, the church there actually was flourishing pretty well. Um, we were able to participate, and I continue to translate for the church there. Uh, my two children uh, went to school there, and we were initially a little worried because uh, uh, the teachers were communists, uh, but uh, they, they learn good Chinese, and uh, they, they were able to learn the, the, the Chinese culture that uh, was not provided uh, in America. So they were very fortunate uh, in that sense. Um, my wife was struggling, and she um, prayed to God one day that God would show her um, her calling. And she says that I'm not a good person to witness to other people. 
But if you want me to be a witness here in China, please send someone to me. Almost immediately after she made that prayer, when she was in a specialist apartment, um, a lady came knocking on the door. She happens to be the uh, supervisor of the apartment that we were living in. She's a young Chinese lady who has been working in the hospital. She's communist. And she um, was at odds with Mrs. Hadley, uh, Dr. Hadley's wife, on the standard of cleanliness. Of course, Mrs. Hadley, being from Loma Linda, was very particular about everything and how everything needs to be neat and clean and uh, well taken care of. Um, but Nancy, the, the, the supervisor, grew up in a different environment. So she was always arguing and being very uh, uh, insubordinate to Mrs. Halley. And plus, they don't speak very well to each other because of uh, the communication barrier. But Nancy came up to our apartment, knocked on the door, and saw Selena there. And she came and asked Selena about her religion. And just, this was just soon after Selena's prayer. And so Selena sat down and, and, and spoke to her and shared with her, opened the Bible, and taught her uh, about Jesus. And this lady was very, very interested. And she became so interested that she came to church the next Sabbath. And on the next Sabbath, she was singing in the choir. And to Mrs. Hadley's surprise, when she returned from Loma Linda, she was on a short break, she said that she, she went into church and saw Nancy in, in the choir, and she was just totally shocked. And Dr. Halley later commented that with all these troubles that we're having initially, and if it was just for this one soul, it was all well worth it. And later on, there was more people, because Nancy became a missionary to the, the, the people around her in the, in the hospital, and she began to... to to, to, to preach. She was much more efficient in, in bringing the message to, to others. As she continued to grow and, and, and subsequently baptized into the church, she became a very uh, powerful uh, leader. Um, you know, just last year, 10 years, ten, 10 years later when we returned, we, we found Nancy uh, there, uh, the individual, the one on the left, the first row, second left, and, and the lady on doors, we found that she became one of the church leaders now, and she's bringing more and more, more people uh, to church and spreading the gospel. So we continue to serve the Lord in this capacity and uh, have made many, many friends. Um, and it was like a, a, a dream job come true for me. About one year later, um, they needed a financial person uh, at the hospital administration because there was some communication problem between Loma Linda, Hong Kong, and the Chinese side. And Selena was uh, called to be that financial person. And she actually, they promoted her to, to be the vice president for finance. She had CPA background uh, before. And she has a master's degree from, from USC. So um, she was serving the hospital uh, in an unexpected way also. She did not uh, expect it to be called to, to do this work. In fact, she was so involved in the work at the time when we were leaving, the Chinese were 
telling us, says, Dr. Chu, you can go, but you have to leave your wife behind. <laughs> it, was, it was the most remarkable experience for both of us, how God has called both of us to serve um, in, in this, this capacity. And as we look back in this experience, we were amazed at, at how God has planned our lives many, many years before, uh, even before we, we met each other. And the one interesting thing is that Selena grew up in Hong Kong. And in Hong Kong, people speak Cantonese. She was sent to the only Mandarin-speaking school in Hong Kong by her parents at the time. Um, and she was able to learn Mandarin. And you may not appreciate this. Um, the Mandarin dialect and the Cantonese dialect is very different. It is so different that the, the local Chinese in Ron Ran Chua Hospital could understand English better than Cantonese. And so when we were sitting on hospital boards, when uh, my wife would be the vice president, I'm chief of medicine, and if we had something that we wanted to communicate and we did not want the Chinese to know, we would speak in Cantonese. And, but we would do running translations for Dr. Halley and, and the rest of the team. And so we served together um, and, um, in, in a most remarkable way. And we thank the Lord for finally showing us uh, this, this vision and um, why his purpose for us. There was a group of uh, permanent uh, workers there um, that was there. And during this time, I had the opportunity to visit many other churches in China as well. And China is on the rise today. They hold a lot of our uh, treasury, U.S. government debt. They are competing with the U.S. in every aspect on trade, diplomacy, military strength, and global resources like oil, water, and precious metals. They claim to have some religious freedom it is estimated that we do have 400,000 Adventists in China in local congregations. They're not organized into unions or conference because they're not allowed to. And I visited this one church that was uh, so humble, so poor, but yet uh, loves the Lord so much. And one of the distinguished uh, features of an Adventist church is that no matter where you go, you would see the Ten Commandments plastered in the uh, front wall. Uh, and uh, these are the group of the um, worshipers there, many women and children. Um, and this is a nicer, newer church. And uh, we, uh, we, when we're in China, we hire a, a uh, a babysitter, and she became an Adventist also by getting baptized. And this is the local church in, uh, next to the hospital. And, and their baptis baptism ceremonies was, was in a grand scale because they only hold it once a year. So they would save up everybody. And, and, and in China, many times they would have to study uh, the Bible, the doctrines of the church for one whole year before they would be considered candidates for baptism. And, and, and in Shanghai, in some places I heard, they have even have to take a test 
have to pass the test before they can be baptized. Um, and this image here is the most precious image. I brought my children and, and the other children in the front. I want to make sure that they burn, etch this image into their mind because this is what we are about. Because God called us to go out and to preach his gospel. And these are some of the uh, uh, ladies who are, I think they're from the uh, hospital. They were baptized. And slowly over the years, and this is the whole baptismal class of that year uh, for that church. And we were very touched because there are just so many people in China. And you see the, the numbers that we see there are just uh, much more exciting and then in, 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 in here, in the US. And the little children would sit at the back of the church and have Sabbath school because there wasn't a place for children because children were not allowed to be in church for the first place, actually, because there's a, there's a law in China that prevents proselytizing to children before they turn 18. But, but these, are, these are American children, so it's okay. <laughs> So they had the little Sabbath school in the staircase there. And during this time, the heart team from Loma Linda came, and uh, Dr. Joan Cogging uh, led the team. And the heart team was able to operate uh, on uh, many patients uh, during this two-week period. And the locals were very, very grateful for the expertise, and they would give banners. And my good friend, Dr. Nan Wang, uh, who is a cardiothoracic surgeon, uh, he's Chinese also, he speaks some Chinese, I was able to recruit him to come over to perform heart surgeries uh, for several occasions. And uh, he took a picture, uh, we made him take a picture like that. All these are his patients uh, that he operated on. Uh, some of them are valves and some bypass operations. He did all those patients in about five, in, in five days. He was running two, two cases a day. And we asked him to take a picture like how uh, Dr. Leonard Bailey would do to all his little infant babies <laughs> that's hanging on the wall in Loma Linda. So, uh, and, and, and he was uh, very happy to be, be part of the, the team that went there. So, Ronantra Hospital has um, become a uh, state-of-the-art hospital uh, in uh, China now at this time. And Loma Linda has a continued relationship with uh, Loma Linda. We have continued to have exchange programs where their physicians would come to Loma Linda, and Loma Linda would still send some uh, missionaries, doctors there, uh, but in a limited scale. Uh, but Loma Linda's name is forever engraved in the front panel of this hospital, and people would know about us uh, when, they, uh, when they come into this hospital. And this hospital now has expanded from 400 beds to 1,200 uh, because of the tremendous demand. And it is now the, um, the, the, the first and only JCI, uh, Joint Commission International Accredited Tertiary Hospital in all of China uh, because of Loma Linda's support um, in, in making this institution into a, a high standard uh, tertiary care uh, center. Um, and there is a lot of Adventist influence there still in the hospital uh, because there is still the workers. This is a recent trip uh, we made uh, just, just last year 
uh, to visit this uh, place again. This is uh, Dr. Wu, a dentist. He's actually the chief of dentistry in uh, uh, Ranacha Hospital. Uh, this gentleman um, was the first uh, convert from the five-day stop smoking uh, seminar by uh, Dr. McFarlane. Over the years, he learned and searched the truth. And um, finally, he became an Adventist, and he was baptized in Azure Hill Church here in, in, in uh, California. And uh, now that he has returned, uh, he thought that he would lose his, his uh, job as the chief of dentistry because he was a communist, and they are not allowed to be Christians. But um, strange enough, um, the, the hospital administrator uh, did not uh, remove him. He continues to serve as the chief of dentistry. And he told his boss that he has become an Adventist. Um, and praise the Lord that he's continued to, to serve there and to make the uh, dentistry department a, a, a department of service and care and, and high quality. So we were very glad to see them. And this time we have met many, many um, uh, people and friends there. And this is the, the cath lab uh, that is there. And this is the one church this is not an Adventist church, but I'm just going to show you with this picture that how advanced um, the, uh, the development has become. This church is just about 100, 200 feet away from the hospital. Um, it was just built. It's a brand new uh, Protestant three-self church. Uh, unfortunately, the Adventists are not allowed to use it yet but it is really nice and beautiful. And so Christianity is, is more and more, becoming more and more acceptable in, in Chinese uh, societies. And I now see that I have five minutes left. And uh, I'm just gonna switch gear really quickly and just uh, give you um, a short summary of what I'm doing now. After we returned from uh, China, um, I went on to finish a uh, fellowship in cardiology. And now I'm practicing in the city of Hacienda Heights, which is located between Loma Linda and LA. And when I return, uh, the God, God has called uh, us to, um, to plant a church in this area. I was very touched, and I was able to partner uh, with a very enthusiastic pastor um, who is also bilingual. And we were able to build a Chinese church here in, in, in Hacienda Heights. Uh, this afternoon, we, I was able to share a little bit of the experiencing of, of starting a church. And um, in sh four short years, um, we have uh, prayed together, fast together, and asked the Lord uh, for a vision to help the Chinese community in this country, because there's becoming more and more Chinese people are immigrating to this country. And we see a, a golden opportunity here, especially in California, uh, to bring the message to immigrants uh, in this country as well. We have nothing to fear for the future, except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Where there is no vision, the people perish. God wants to give us his vision. When we are prepared for his vision, God 
gives it to us. And we have to understand what we're dealing with and uh, with uh, a lot of uh, commitment and hard work um, and uh, organization, uh, we could work together to, to, uh, to serve the Lord um, as he calls us to. Um, I, I think I ran out of time, but I would like to uh, close at this time. And um, I want to challenge uh, all of you here today um, to remember your calling um, and remember Jesus, uh, who is our Lord and Savior, uh, who has called us uh, to be his missionaries. We are blessed with a tremendous blessing to be physicians and dentists and healthcare workers. And we have so much resources and talents and the Lord is coming soon, and we know that he is. And I want, just want to uh, close with a prayer with you that uh, the, the Lord would uh, bless all of us here this evening. Shall we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us, being with us during this weekend, and showing us your love and your guidance in our lives. Lord, we are so touched um, by your blessings in our lives and the hardship and the challenges that you put in our lives so that we could see um, who you are and how you are leading us. Lord, thank you for reminding us that we cannot serve two masters and we can only serve you, who is our God. And we look forward to the day that you come again to take us home. Thank you, and in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for Amen, Adventist Medical Evangelism Network. If you would like to learn more about Amen, please visit www.amensda.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.